You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. greatest commandment in the law and Jesus replied love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets all the scriptures hang on these two commandments so what he's saying is you can sum up everything God had to say in the Bible with these two commandments love God love your fellow man Don't get caught up in the religious do's and don'ts. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Danny, he teaches you that the Bible is summed up with two basic commandments, love God and love others. These are God's greatest commandments to you as his disciple. Pastor Danny explains that you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you're to love your neighbor as yourself. By living out these two, you will bear witness to Christ. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 13 as he begins his message, Submission, Love, and Perspective. Romans 13, and we're going to do the whole chapter, but in sections, because it divides very nicely into three sections and three points that all are connected. Verse 1, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. little side note, the sword is representative of capital punishment Whether you agree with it or not, believe it or not, God gives government the authority for sometimes even capital punishment, the ultimate. He is God's servant. He does not bear the sword for nothing. He's an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience, to keep your conscience clear, especially as a Christian. This is also, and now he gets real personal, this is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants. And that's quite a perspective. The I-R-S. God's servants. That's what he said. Who give their full time to taking your money. I mean, to governing. Governing. So, give everyone what you owe him. 
If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. You're a Democrat. You don't like Trump. If you're a Christian, you're called to respect his position, even if you don't like him as a person. If honor, then honor. That first section, it's the principle. Principle is a fundamental truth or law, is a basis for reasoning and or action. And the principle is simply this. We're to submit as Christians to all, all God-ordained authority. Now, we don't have the time, but if you had the time, I could take you to other scriptures. Like, for example, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. This is especially in the church. And it says there that in the church, we're to obey our leaders. Talking about spiritual leaders, church leaders, pastors. And we're to do it so that their work would be a joy and not a burden. So it's not meant to lord it over somebody's life, but it is to lead to God. And there's an authority in the church, spiritual, pastoral authority in the church that we're called to submit to. For those of you still young enough, you're living at home and you have a parent or parents. Ephesians 6 verse 1, obey your parents in the Lord, in the Lord, which is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your parents so they don't kill you. So children call to honor their parents, respect, obey their parents. Now, you might be like me because there's a lot of situations like this more now in our day than when I was growing up. But I come from a broken home. My mother was divorced when I was four years old. By the time I was six years old, I have a stepfather. I did not respect him, especially when he tried to discipline my brother and me. I'm like, you're not my dad. And there were issues. I'm telling you. And as I got older, the issues became volatile. I mean, real close to fist fights with my stepfather. It was bad. It was, it was bad. But then I became a Christian. I became a Christian. And I learned as a Christian that even though I still didn't respect my stepfather as a person, I'm called to respect him in his position. And that was a challenge. But I began to do that. I began to do that. And it made a difference in my life, my Christian life. And then in time, I was so thankful God began to change my stepfather. There's no guarantee that God will change your stepmother or stepfather, or your parent, but it'll change you. It'll change you. Now, one I do want you to turn to, I'm going to leave this up here for just a minute for this point, but First Peter, First Peter, and this is so practical as Peter writes here on this subject of submission. First Peter chapter 2, and if you'll go down to verse 13, and here's what he says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake, to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king, now for us, that's our president, as the supreme authority, or to governors, brings it to the state level, who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Now, verse 18, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. And this applies in the workplace. This is your boss. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he's conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? I had a, I've had a lot of those experiences in my life. But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called. 
because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So, the submission to authority, it covers lots of different areas. Parent, pastor, the principal at your school, teachers. It covers all of these categories. And so, listen, when you think of it that way, that's a real challenge. It's a challenge for me. We've already learned in the book of Romans that all of us, even though we've been born again, if you really know Christ as Lord and Savior, you still have sin dwelling in the members of our body. Let me tell you, there's still rebel in here. There's some things I don't like about decisions that God-ordained authority makes. Let me go back in time a little bit. Name that song. This will really show your age if you know the song. Because none of the younger people probably know it. Unless your parents brought you up in the age of when music was really music. (laughs) And they shared their generation with you. My children have been blessed in that way. (laughs) Let me give you just a few of the lines. Think, when I drive that slow, you know it's hard to steer. And I can't get my car out of second gear. What used to take two hours now takes all day. It took me 16 hours to get to L.A. You know it, Pat? Who is it, Pat? Come on, I know you don't want to say it because you don't want them to know your background, but I know your background. Come on, who is it? Who is it? Sammy Hagar. Come on, man. I can't drive 55. For the younger people, it was a hit. And I remember when it came out. Nationwide, across America, they made the speed limit everywhere 55 miles an hour. Can you imagine? That's the kind of authority we had to live under. It was a challenge. All of a sudden, Sammy Hagar comes out with the song, and you're just going, I'm with Sammy. Oh, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. What are you doing to listen to Sammy anyway? He's a cool dude, he's a rebel. The principle, (laughs) submission to all God-ordained authority. Would you like to know some other things I put in my notes? Things like, I don't like wearing seatbelts. I know I'm a terrible example. Now listen, I do wear a seatbelt most of the time. When my wife's in the car especially. When my kids are in the car. But I don't like seatbelts. I grew up in an era the dark ages, uh, they didn't even, there were no seatbelts in cars. That's a new thing. I don't like seatbelts. I didn't stop there. I don't like the rules the city has for pulling permits to do some of the most simple things, things I think I have a right to do, especially on my own property. I got a reaction out of all of you on that one. I don't like the law that says I can't store my boat in my driveway. In a community where boating is just a common thing. But guess what? (laughs) It's a principle. Submission to all God-ordained authority. Uh, Let me really divide the church as your pastor here. I don't agree with all the laws and the restrictions connected with COVID-19. And I guarantee you, in the church... There are some on one side where you ride by on 38th Avenue and you see the Methodist church and the marquee and it says, blessed are the mask wearers. 
And you're like, yeah, cursed are the non-mask wearers. And now we have a divided church, those who believe in masks and those who don't. Those who want to take the six-foot thing into eternity. <laughs> and those who are going, when are we going to stop all this? And there are different ideas and different opinions. But again, we got a challenge because we're to submit to God-ordained authority. But guess what? There are exceptions. There are exceptions. What are the exceptions? Well, they are scriptural exceptions. And the first is this. When God's command supersedes God-ordained authority. I'll give you a couple examples. We don't have time to turn to them. I'm not going to take the time. But it's the book of Acts. It's the early disciples. When they're preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus, the Supreme Court calls them before the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court of their day tells them, you can no longer teach or preach in the name of Jesus. And here's what they say to the Supreme Court. You judge for yourselves whether it's right for us to obey you, a God-ordained authority, or God. Because God had told them, go and proclaim the name of Jesus. And so now the God-ordained authority is superseded by the ultimate authority, the very God who created the authority to start with. And so if the government told me as a pastor, you can no longer preach and teach in the name of Jesus, God help me. I, I intend to be just like those early disciples that you decide for yourselves then whether it's right for me to obey you or obey God. So when God's command supersedes the God-ordained authority, I'm to obey God. It's a scriptural exception. The second exception is when it violates moral and ethical principles of the Bible. You're working somewhere. You have a job. And in that job, you are called upon to be deceitful in order to make money for the company. And in essence, what you're doing is lying. You're lying. And as a Christian, now you have a responsibility. And in fulfilling your responsibility to the Lord in being obedient, thou shalt not lie, don't use deception, and if you obey God, you may lose your job. Yes, indeed, you may lose your job, but God will take care of you. You're in a relationship, and you're married, and you as a wife have become a Christian. Your husband's not a Christian now, and now you've been cheating on your taxes for years. This is a real challenge. Now in the marriage, you're like, I'm going to cause more problems in the marriage as a Christian? Perhaps. But you're going to have to make a decision now as a Christian. And you're going to have to be honest with your spouse. Those are very difficult situations. Listen, it was difficult for the early disciples. You know the time when Paul pens the book of Romans? Guess who's ruling? Nero. You talk about some difficult situations to submit and then to obey God rather than men. So, exceptions. When God's command supersedes God-ordained authority when, it, authority, when it violates moral and ethical principles, number three, when it involves idolatry. Most of us are familiar with Daniel 3. It's the three guys that were friends of Daniel. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar is ruling. He makes a big statue representing himself, and he says, now, everybody under my realm, 
When the band starts playing, you bow before the statue. You worship the statue. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow. And they are called before King Nebuchadnezzar. And he says, is it true? You didn't bow? Listen, I got a fiery furnace. And if you don't bow, you're going into the fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we want you to know, O king, it is true. We will have not bowed. We will not bow. The God we serve is able to save us from the fiery furnace. But even if he does not, we will not commit idolatry. We won't bow to any God except the God of heaven. So there are scriptural exceptions. So now I'll just throw that scripture in. They tried to trick Jesus often. One of the times is in Matthew 22, verses 17 to 21. And they say, hey, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus says, bring me a coin. If you know the story, they bring him a coin. And he says, whose inscription is that on the coin? Well, it's Caesar's. Then give to Caesar what's Caesar's. And to God, what's God's? And that leads us right into the next section. Romans 13, verse 8. Notice how he opens here. Understanding the principle, submission to all God-ordained authority. And now he says, let no debt remain outstanding. That's the context of paying taxes, respect, honor, etc. Let no debt remain outstanding. Except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Stop there for just a minute. So we have the principle, submission, and the idea is submission to God is going to manifest itself in submission to God-ordained authority. But now, what he's dealing with here is the motive. And the motive is so, so important. Let me take you just for a minute to Matthew again, but this time in Matthew chapter 22. You just wrote down the last one, but let's take a look at this one. Matthew 22 and verse 35. An expert in the law tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, all the scriptures, hang on these two commandments. So what he's saying is you can sum up everything God had to say in the Bible with these two commandments. Love God. Love your fellow man. Here's the statement. Right relationship to God manifests itself in a right relationship to man. If I'm not being obedient to my parents, I'm not being obedient to God. If I'm cheating on my taxes, I'm not in submission to God. If I'm doing shady deals in the workplace, not only am I cheating people, I'm not living in submission to God. So you can't have one without the other. You can't say, well, I love God, and you're failing in your love for humanity. You can't say, I, they don't deserve my respect. Whoa, 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 whoa. Then you can't say you really love God 
because he tells us to respect and honor even those we might disagree with. Even those as far as their person, they're not worthy of it, but in terms of their position, it's required. When I was studying, my mind immediately went back to one of the devotions that I read from Oswald Chambers. This little devotional called My Utmost for His Highest that most of you know, some of you have used. I still use it after my regular Bible reading. And I remember because it was one of those devotionals that really stuck, that really was that nugget that I took from that season in life, and I remember it. I remember it. And I remember it right away. And I went back in my study on this point of what's the motive for my submission. And it's Oswald, February 23rd. I'll just read you the heart of it. The mainspring of Paul's service is not love for men, but love for Jesus Christ. If we're devoted to the cause of humanity, we shall soon be crushed and brokenhearted, for we shall often meet with more ingratitude from men than we would from a dog. But if our motive is to love God, no ingratitude can hinder us from serving our fellow man. And he closes this way. No matter how men may treat me, they will never treat me with the spite and hatred with which I treated Jesus Christ. When we realize that Jesus Christ has served us to the end of our meanness, our selfishness, and sin, nothing that we meet with from others can exhaust our determination to serve men for his sake. And here's the way John, the apostle, wrote it. Ready? Say it with me. Come on, say it with me. We love because he first loved us. One more time. You ready? We love because he first loved us. So I keep myself in right relationship with God, then my motive in some very difficult situations in life, to live in submission, to live in obedience, to live in respect and honor, my motive is my love for the Lord. And now we have one last section, and boy, does he pull it all together. Back in Romans 13, now verse 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. New King James Version, I looked at that and said, it's high time to awake out of sleep because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Boy, how true is that? The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And he's been talking about submission, submission to God-ordained authority, ultimately submission to God, love for your fellow man. But now, now look how he closes it. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. And now he mentions some things he hasn't even talked about, not even really a part of the main subject matter, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality, in debauchery, loose living, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So now he brings it all together, and now he's just talking about lifestyle and purity of life. Submission to God, love for your, your fellow man, and then living a lifestyle pleasing to the Lord. I turned 63 last Thursday. And something, if I was young, 
And somebody said to you, if you're young, what I'm about to say, wouldn't really make much difference. Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today as he continued to walk us through the books of the New Testament. From the life of Jesus and his ministry to how the gospel spread in the early days of the church, the New Testament books offer much insight into how we're supposed to live our lives now. They're not just an interesting story or a history lesson. These things actually happened. Is this New Testament Highlights series speaking to you in a personal way? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email and tell us what your experience has been as you've listened to these teachings. Our email address is info at ccfstpete.church. That address again is info at ccfstpete.church. If you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, come join us and hear from Pastor Danny at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're holding services each Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. You'll find all the information you need on our website, ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Here at The Living Word, we value digging into Scripture in order to learn and to grow in our personal pursuit of God. So we hope you'll join us again next time as we continue teaching the Word and reaching the world. We look forward to the next edition here on The Living Word.